It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 1st of July, 2022. Happy Friday. Glorious, glorious Friday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Welcome to the program. I'm going to try to get you out of here as quickly as possible so we can start our freaking long weekend, even though there'll be a show on Monday. Don't forget that my weekend isn't even started yet. I will be recording the Curse Program, the Weekend F and Review, for your pleasure at uh, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or at derekhunter.locals.com. Check it out if you would, please. I would be much, much appreciative of that. And also, while you're there and signing up and supporting the show, enter to win one of the mics, Mike Lee versus Mike Huckabee, autographed books by both of them. You pick which one you want. Your name is drawn by one of my kids. You get that book. It's that simple. I even cover the postage. Five bucks a month is all we ask. You're welcome to give more. We appreciate more, but five bucks a month is the, the barrier to entry. And I appreciate the hell out of every single one of you who supports this program and this effort. Let's me know I'm not, I wouldn't say that, I would say crazy, but no, I'm not that crazy. That some people do enjoy this. It's not just me screaming at cats. So, awesome. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and Derek Hunter locals.com now let's start the show like i say we've got an action-packed program for you and it's really bizarre and hilarious and sad uh, what's going on in this country and what this administration is going now there's video going around i don't know that this is true yet it, it looks well i mean it's joe biden so it could be true but it, it, it looks manipulated a little bit to me. It looks like there's something wrong with it. I don't know that there's something wrong with it, but it's of Joe Biden over in Europe drinking a cup of water and then like almost clapping, but not like putting his hands near each other. I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's like one of those broken wind-up monkeys that smash the cymbals together because they, they won't go together. It's kind of what Joe Biden is doing. Like, he looks lost, and then he does this now. Is that doctored footage? I don't know. I haven't. There's a weird edit in it, which makes me... Because he, he turns around, and he's drinking the water almost in, I think it's Macron's lap. At least at the angle. that it's, It just seems weird. So I don't... But try and see it, if you can, just because... There's something wrong going on there. There's something weird going on. Even if it was doctored and Joe Biden was put in there doing this someplace else, if he did this, that's a sign that, that all is not well, that all is is actually unwell. Anyway, the uh, the media today is doing cover, not cover for Joe, although they're always doing cover for Joe. There's something absolutely hilarious going on in the world today. It is the pushing, the the forcing of the idea down people's throats that the testimony of uh, Cassidy Hutchison, the 25-year-old, whatever the hell she was, that her testimony really isn't that... Look, the, the story about the limo isn't that big of a deal. The other parts are more damaging. 
ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. It's just an anecdote. I don't see what the problem is. Because every time you uh, look at a left-wing allegation against Donald Trump, of course, the first is, holy crap, what? And then it goes, all right, well, let's look into this and see if there's any truth to it. And it all falls apart like a house of cards. Hutchison's discussion, now the LA Times has it framed this way, the campaign to discredit Cassidy Hutchison has begun. The story is the Republicans' reaction to Cassidy Hutchison, not not whether or not she was telling the truth, whether or not she lied, whether or not she was way off base, whether or not she was absolutely screwed up. It doesn't matter. The story is those damned Republicans are trying to discredit her. Now, there was a time, swear to God, where journalists would have, uh, they wouldn't have called it trying to discredit, they would have tried to verify, they would have required to verify this information. And upon finding discrepancies in testimony given under oath, which is important to point out, under oath, the media would have then highlighted the fact that somebody said things that were refuted, disputed, not accurate, under oath. It would have been, you know, a field, especially if it were a Republican, it would have been a field day. It would have been an absolutely, they would have gone crazy over it. Because there you go, there it is. This person is a liar. Of course they're a liar, they're a Republican. Come on, well now, now it's a different story. Now it's a different story completely. Now it is the case to discredit her disgrace to discredit her as doing this. Well, what's funny is so much of her story is falling apart. Secret Service has said that's not true. The president never fought us, never tried to get to the the wheel, the steering wheel, and I don't know, what do you do? You slam the the uh, presidential limo into a jersey wall? Like, What do you do if you grab the, we- the steering wheel from the back seat through the tiny window? What do you do? You can't. <laughs> but there's even more. According, Breitbart is reporting that uh, their headline, Cassidy Hutchison fabricated testimony about conversations with former White House counsel Pat Cipollone. Pat Cipollone. He apparently wasn't even in the White House at the time that she is alleged to have had a discussion with her. Cassidy Hutchison, a former White House aide who was in the January 6th committee's star witness during a surprise hearing held on Tuesday, reportedly fabricated pieces of her testimony about conversations she had with former White House counsel Pat Cipollone. During her testimony, Hutchison claimed that Cipollone told her that her boss, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, uh, that uh, former President Donald Trump should not go to the Capitol on January 6th. Hutchison testified that Cipollone said, quote, we're going to get charged with every crime imaginable, end quote, if Trump went to the Capitol. The committee's vice chair, Representative Liz Cheney, doubled down on her calls to get Cipollone to testify before the committee due to Hutchison's testimony. However, 
Cipollone was reportedly not at the White House on the morning of January 6th, according to Human Events Senior Editor Jack Posobiec. Quote, multiple sources, including one who was at the White House on January 6th, tell me Cipollone was not there in the AM when Hutchison testified she spoke to him. It's kind of an important detail. A conversation that could not have happened, that just so happens to dovetail the transcript, the second-hand telephone game of transcript, dovetails perfectly with what the Democrats really, really wish would happen. Oh, no, we're all going to be charged with every crime imaginable if Trump goes up to there. That so shows a little bit of forethought, foreknowledge of what was going on up there is problematic. Yet the guy wasn't there, allegedly. The L.A. Times says, well, they're trying to discredit her. Why isn't the L.A. Times trying to, I don't know, prove it or disprove it? Reporters are supposed to look at things with uh, skepticism. Remember, these are the people who throw their shoulders out going, we speak truth to power. We speak truth to power. And then they immediately revert to lapdogs licking the toes of the powerful, depending on which team is in power. The media itself, in general, the, uh, the reporting on this has been pathetic. Jake Sherman, who used to, he's the founder of Punchbowl News at NBC News and MSNBC News as well. After Peter Alexander reported that the Secret Service says, no, Donald Trump didn't attack Secret Service agents. Donald Trump didn't lunge for the uh, the steering wheel. None of this is true. And we're willing to testify to it, by the way. We're willing to testify to it. And, oh, by the way, Hutchison only says she heard of this secondhand. She was called into an office so somebody could tell her, oh, here, here, here's some gossip for you. Well, the people who uh, she alleged were in that room say that conversation never happened. And the Secret Service say that conversation or that, that event never happened. So then why would anybody say that it happened? Why would anybody at the time on January the 6th, as things are going down, why does Hutchison think people will believe that uh, there's a whole lot of time to just, come on in, i got some gossip for you. I would imagine that people would be a little bit busy that day. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? So Jake Sherman is involved in the post-spin. Once one part of witnesses' testimony is proven to be false, you're supposed to discard the rest of it because if they're lying about one thing, there's reasonable doubt to believe that they're lying about everything. The media can't have that. If people start realizing that or thinking or believing that Cassidy Hutchison was lying about everything, oh my goodness, the whole thing collapses. So Jake Sherman says, what's so interesting about this anecdote? It's now an anecdote. This anecdote is it's the one anecdote that Hutchison said she heard secondhand. She didn't witness this incident and said so. Interesting that the committee had her testify about that. It's just an anecdote. It's going to be an aside soon. It was the screaming headline in the New York Times yesterday. It was the headline. 
in most newspapers across the country. But now it's just, just an anecdote, a little casual aside that she mentioned. It's the one thing she said that she had. There's another thing she said that she was in the proximity of a conversation with the president that she heard part of. She was not directly involved in that. She was not directly there. She wasn't even really close enough to hear everything that was said. Yet that seems pretty um, pretty anecdotal, pretty uh, aside Everything she did. She's a junior staffer. Why the hell would she be involved in anything important? She reportedly said, or she, she said, she testified. Now, this is all under oath testimony. And that's the thing. Jake Sherman... She said, uh, oh, it's just an aside. Why would they have... She didn't just have this anecdote by the water cooler or deliver it on MSNBC. It was testimony under oath. Under oath. The people she supposedly heard this from are not saying, boy, she misheard that information we gave her. They're saying the conversation never happened. There's a big difference between she misinterpreted what I said and that conversation, this event, never happened. Especially in a court or in a trial, even a show trial, a Stalinist show trial. There is a huge difference between those two things. Jake Sherman doesn't want you to think of them in those terms. Neither does uh, Maggie Haberman, award-winning journalist over at the New York Times. She tweeted out the same thing. This is not something she presented as something she knew firsthand. The committee also meticulously mapped these hearings. So a key is why did they want this in there? You know why they wanted this. Your own headline at the New York Times, Maggie, was Trump tried to grab the car steering wheel to go to the Capitol to lead the rioters. That's why they wanted it in there, because it's sensational. Forget the fact that it doesn't hold up under basic scrutiny. Forget the fact that all you had to do was go, huh, she's naming people up there who say they, uh, and saying she said something, they said something. Maybe we could call these witnesses because these witnesses, these people that she named, had testified on multiple occasions already. Why would you want somebody to deliver third-hand information hearsay when you could get it right from the tap? Because you're not going to get it right from the tap. That's why. Do you think that Liz Cheney is going to go and call um, these witnesses back up there so they can refute their big star witness? Hell no. Look, they already look like clowns on this committee. They look like bigger clowns. We've got to have this surprise hearing. It's a, we've got a surprise witness. It's a Matlock moment. The person's really alive. Here's the, And then they go, oh, yeah, wait, never mind. Uh, we'll call witnesses up who absolutely torpedo everything that was said. Do you really think that's going to happen? Absolutely not under any circumstances. She's up there testifying that she's handwritten a note. That the White House counsel said, no, she didn't write that. I wrote that. Well, you could you could easily test that. Get a handwriting expert. Get a sample. They can't really have that close of handwriting, can they? 
if she's telling the truth, if Hutchison's telling the truth, then you've got a massive piece of discrediting evidence against Donald Trump. But they aren't doing it, ladies and gentlemen. Why do you think that is? Well, it's because they, they know the answer. They know the Look, they're Congress. It's technically a crime to lie to Congress. But if you lie to Congress on behalf of Congress, if you tell Congress that it doesn't look fat in those jeans, if you tell Congress what it wants to hear, they're not going to pursue a case. They're not going to pressure the justice, especially this Justice Department. This Justice Department isn't interested in anything that somebody on their team does. It's insane. The headline, by the way, in the New York Times, Trump demanding to go to Capitol lunged for limo's wheel, she says. Front page above the fold, New York Times. Wow, it's just an it's just an anecdote. It's a meaningless anecdote. It could have been anything. It could have been from anywhere. Every anti-Trump look. Donald Trump is not a saint. Donald Trump is not. He's a flawed human being like every one of us, and he's certainly you know capable of of being mean and doing outrageous things and what have you but every one of these alleged crimes and alleged outrages that the left has hyped from i don't want to go to that cemetery in paris because these are losers who died and blah, everything it lasts for about 12 hours and then somebody does basic journalism and it completely falls apart it completely falls apart but the point is, the original story is still out there in the ether. That's circulating. It's creating an impression in people's minds. And that's what this is all about. The truth doesn't stand a chance against the left-wing smear machine. All right, so we got this comp. It's a little bit long. Let me just explain the setup of this compilation because it is really it. Uh, this, this Cassidy Hutchinson person is um, a bit of a fabulist put it mildly but when you're a fabulist under oath it's you know you might be committing perjury but she her story does not stand up to basic scrutiny and what te- what it tells you this is that if with no media no liberal left-wing establishment media interested in doing any fact-checking here it fell to like random Twitter users and people on uh, conservative websites that probably have a budget the size of the lunch budget of NBC News, honestly, to come up and just do some basic sleuthing and f- discover that eh, no, that's not uh, that's not. There's no proof of that. In fact, everybody that she says is saying something different because the committee has the ability to call all these people. Everybody that Hutchison was talking about is being attacked by the Trump, driving the limo, Trump, blah, blah, blah. They still work for the federal government. Not only do they still work for the federal government, they um, they work in a nonpartisan entity, the federal government. They can't say, no, look, you, nobody's going to question their integrity you're willing to take a bullet for the president you're willing to take a bullet for donald trump you're willing to take a bullet for joe biden but are you as happy about taking a bullet for joe biden as you are about taking a bullet for donald trump are you a right-wing hack no 
most well, we're getting to that point, but nobody's really questioning the Secret Service's integrity at this point yet. So when you have the option of going right to the source, why wouldn't you? If you want, because the, the only point, by the way, the only point of this story is to embarrass Donald Trump, to show, look, Donald Trump, love, he wanted to be down there with the rioters. He wanted to be, well, you can get somebody to testify to that, somebody who's actually there. The effect that you want, the embarrassment that you are seeking is is right there. It's It's ripe for the picking. That they didn't, even though they'd, already interviewed those people multiple times and they had already interviewed Hutchinson multiple times and this didn't come up or if it did come up nobody there's look there's no way that Liz Cheney asked about this without knowing about it ahead of time from Hutchinson there's no way she just took a flyer and said hey do you hear any weird stories about there's no way that's not how they work they're evil they're not stupid so there's a reason that she didn't call the first-hand witnesses. She wants the story out there on her terms. And if it gets knocked down later, it doesn't matter. Every, everybody who posted all, posted all this stuff on, on Facebook already has those posts up. You can't, un, well, you can't unpost them, but nobody's going to go back and go, oh, my goodness, some left-winger goes, I shared this story, and it turns out that it's false. I'm going to go back through my Facebook feed and delete those stories. That's not the way Facebook works. It's not the way human beings work. It's not the way life works. If you posted the story, it's because it fitted your narrative and you don't care that it doesn't turn out to be true. So knowing all of that and knowing that they talked to these people and they chose not to call them, they could have easily had three people up there on the panel for their surprise, important hearing they didn't they decided to have the one person who was in no way connected to anything rather than the people who were connected to it and knowing now that all of them have come out and said i uh i didn't say that that didn't happen and i'm happy to testify about it and they're not calling them it tells you kind of everything you need to know well jamie raskin shows up on jake tapper's show yesterday and jake tapper to his credit asks about this asks why don't you call these people now raskin keeps reverting back to a very uh it's it's just just this side of i was only following orders it's i wasn't involved in that i i wasn't involved in questioning this i wasn't involved in now it's a bs excuse First of all, this is the most important investigation in all of human history, according to Jamie Raskin. If it's so damned important, why isn't Jamie Raskin involved in everything? You believe that? But if Jamie Raskin isn't going to physically be there, I promise you he has staff in on these questioning things. He's not ever sitting there. They have a substantial staff on this committee, each member. They're not ever sitting there going, yeah, you know what? They're going to interview. Dad, don't bother. Don't go to this. You can skip this thing. You can go to lunch. Go have a good long lunch. Go golfing, whatever it is. You don't need to worry about this sort of thing. That's not how this works unless Jamie Raskin is full of it. Jamie Raskin is full of it, so we'll, we shall see. But if he isn't physically there, then somebody representing him is physically there. This was not sprung on Jamie Raskin. 
all members of this committee are collaborating together to put up a united front. So when he tries to pull this, hey, look, I wasn't involved sort of crap, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. So you're going to hear music. This is the Media Research Center cut this together. They added music to it for, because they have moments where after Jamie Raskin lies, there's then they show screen captures of reporting showing Jamie Raskin lying. But the important thing is you, you know the reporting. You don't need to read the tweets for it. If you want to see it, it's in my Twitter feed. But it is, uh, it's very telling just the Jamie, there's like three seconds in between where there's just music. But listen to Jamie Raskin start to squirm and pull the, I wasn't in town that month. I didn't have anything to do with this. This is the most partisan, one of, I guess with Adam Schiff, the most partisan member of this committee, somebody willing to lie, willing to do anything, willing to sacrifice, you know, anything and anybody to get his political ends. And he's pulling a, hey, man, it wasn't me. I didn't have anything to do with it. And this might be the only thing that Cassidy Hutchinson's ascribed today that she was not a witness to, that she was told by two Secret Service agents, according to her. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. It's a story that only Angle and Renato, I think, were present for, theoretically. She was not. She did not see it happen. Do you have any corroborating evidence? You have interviewed both Renato, or the committee has interviewed both Angle and Renato, two Secret Service agents. Do you have any corroborating evidence that that story is true, or do you only have it from Cassidy Hutchins? Well, um, the story that she told is the evidence that I'm aware of, at least within her story our is the only version you know. And I've not seen anything to contradict it. But what I'm saying is your committee interviewed Tony Amato and, and Stephen Engel, who supposedly told her this story. Um, and I don't doubt her. I'm, da- I, I'm sure Amato told her the story. Um, but your committee interviewed them. Did you ask about this story? It is a shocking story. We, we, I mean, maybe you didn't know about it at the time. I don't know. I, I was not involved in either of those interviews. So I, I can't say and I don't have any knowledge of that. Uh, I, I will just say um, I'm not aware of anything that contradicts the account that she just gave. Right, but you would agree that that story would be stronger if you had corroborating evidence from the individuals who were actually in the presidential limo. Sure, and we're encouraging every material witness who has relevant evidence to come forward. But you've already interviewed. But you've already interviewed these two. Well, um, you know, anybody is free to to come back. And again, I've not been involved in um, the questioning of those particular witnesses. It is just an incredibly damning and dramatic story. Uh, I would just, as a journalist and as an American, appreciate more corroboration for the story, since as of now, it is hearsay. (laughs) 
you, you gotta love it. Uh, anybody's welcome to come back. Look, I wasn't. I wasn't involved in that. You're on television to hype that testimony of that woman. I wasn't. I wasn't involved in that. We, what do you mean you weren't involved? You didn't. You didn't have any say whatsoever in the testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson. None whatsoever. Or just this one particular part. When they started to talk about this particular part, did you put your fingers in your ears and run screaming out of the room going, la, 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 I don't want to hear it, la, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> when they're caught, they, they don't even, they're so, look, a good politician used to be somebody who's ready, no matter what lie you caught him on, they had some sort of BS answer chambered where they're like, well, you know, i tell you. I, uh, my staff misinformed me or, you know, I was, uh, what, whatever it was. Now it's, uh, I'm unprepared for the most basic questions challenging me in any way, shape or form. Really? Yeah. No, no one is prepared you, Jamie, for the fact that, uh, everybody involved in this story is saying it's BS. Did you just think that Jake wasn't going to ask about it or did your staff do a really horrible job of prepping you for the interview which which it could be both it could be either one it could be both but who knows ah you know i uh, i wasn't there i wasn't involved in that <laughs> meanwhile screaming headlines lunge for the steering wheel donald trump's a monster he tried to choke out a secret service agent yeah you look at a 72 year old out of shape Donald Trump and you think that guy that guy could kick some ass in a confined space against somebody who is well trained to uh, fight for not only their life but for the life of their principal yeah there's no doubt about that they're definitely going to grab the arm of the president and say hey watch it tubby you can't do that and Trump lunges for his neck Cassidy also testified, and this is what was funny. She testified that Donald Trump got so mad after Bill Barr said that he didn't find any evidence of fraud in the election. He got so mad that he threw his plate against the wall. Just so mad. Oh, threw his food and plate and everything, ketchup all over the wall because Donald Trump apparently, this, for some reason the left thinks it's funny that Donald Trump puts ketchup on a steak. I don't I don't put ketchup on a steak. A good steak doesn't need anything. I don't like a restaurant that, like, ooh, you get this with the Bernays sauce. If you're slathering a steak in sauce, it means you didn't get a very good cut of steak. Anyway, if you're throwing ketchup on it, eh, you probably got to get a better cut of steak or something. Maybe you just got weird tastes. Mark Levin needs steak on his ketchup. I, I don't, or ketchup on his steak, too. I don't get it. Maybe it's the key to becoming fabulously wealthy and, and powerful. Who knows? But um, he is supposedly, and, and Cassidy Hutchinson claimed she testified under oath that she had to clean it up, that she had to clean this. And you sit there and you go, why? Why would the assistant to the chief of staff have to do basic housekeeping in the White House? Anywhere in the White House. Why would that be? And Trump tweeted on his uh, Truth Social site. He said, you know, 
I don't know who this woman is, or barely know who this woman is, but why in the hell would she, not only did she not, this is not true, but why would she have to clean this up? Why would she be the one, what is it, Mark Meadows, your chief of staff's assistant, your personal gopher is president of the United States? No. They have a job to do. There are people in the White House whose job it is to clean, should the president you know, throw something against the wall or should Bill Clinton stain the carpet or whatever. You got to have somebody in there to clean that up. Bring out the dust buster and boiling water and curse life as they scrub that stuff off the drywall going, oh my God, Clinton, give it a break. But why would it fall to the assistant to the chief of staff? It wouldn't fall to the assistant to the chief of staff. It's just one of those many things that if you aren't sitting there absolutely ready to believe if you are not a uh, branch davidian listening to david koresh or you're one of those uh, heaven's gate people looking at doe don't ask me why i know all these cult leaders looking at doe going oh yes uh, castrate me and give me my nikes i'm ready to go on to the spaceship behind the hail bop comet if you're not willing to accept if you just question normal human questions of people in power and anybody who's telling you anything just basic you just go it doesn't smash past the smell test dig a little deeper go why because i had to clean that up my question would next be why did you have to clean it up that doesn't make any sense and then i would begin to doubt the story is suddenly this woman turns into forrest gump she's in every room everywhere every time some world event happens she wanders out of the bathroom and and there they are going at it or there it is happening just seems a little bit convenient also who the hell care if if donald trump threw his plate against a wall it wouldn't be the first time and anything that happened in this white house there were all sorts of stories and leaks constantly allegedly hutchinson was quite a leaker too coming out of this white house you mean to tell me that we wouldn't have heard about this by now? And why is Donald Trump throwing a plate against the wall a big deal anyway? Hillary Clinton threw a solid ashtray at Bill Clinton's head and a lamp at Bill Clinton's head. He deserved it. He deserved it. But that's never mentioned at all. Never mentioned at all that she's chucking, you know, substantial pieces of glass that could do some serious damage at the President of the United States. No big deal. But Donald Trump might have thrown a plate. That is an impeachable offense. Or whatever the hell these people are trying to pull with this. I don't know. what it, is. it shows he was mad that day. Yeah, he was mad that whole time. Because that idiot Joe Biden and the Democrats changed the laws illegally to the election in order to game the system. Yeah, that piss off anybody. It should piss off anybody. Not the... January 6th committee, but a normal human being. That's what I find the funniest part about this whole thing. Jamie Raskin is a badass, tough dude. He's a liberal hero. He's on Morning Joe all the time. Oh, they love him over at Morning Joe. And he has to love Morning Joe because he's never going to get asked a serious question over at Morning Joe. But, you know, go to Jake Tapper. Occasionally, you're going to back into a buzzsaw. Not very often, but occasionally. And you should be able, if you, uh, if you can't stand up to basic questioning, 
basic questioning. Why should anybody take you seriously? Jamie Raskin loves making uh, radical... I mean, I assume he's not going to go anywhere near Jake Tapper for a little while. I bet you the staffers emailing the, the booker over at CNN going, you know, Jake Tapper was really unfair to Congressman Raskin. What with the asking him relevant questions about things that he uh, is a part of. How dare, how dare he? Who does he think he is? The Republican National Committee? (laughs) We'll stick to Morning Joe. Thank you very much. Anyway, other stuff going on. I want to, uh, let me play this bit from Kathy Hochul, the accidental governor of New York. Because this, This fits into pretty much everything the left does. They don't need truth. They don't need facts. They don't need evidences for suckers. Who are those suckers out there wanting evidence? Don't you understand that all the proof anybody needs is a liberal declaring something to be, and therefore it must be? Liberals wouldn't lie as you watch Jamie Raskin slither out, slide out of the CNN studios on whatever slick his hair creates. Naturally, I assume. Governor Hochul, the New York New York just lost a Supreme Court case saying you can't just deny people blanket ability to protect themselves. You can't deny people the right to a concealed carry permit because the state doesn't care, doesn't want you to have it. That's not an excuse. So now New York Democrats are scrambling. Oh, my God, it's going to be the Wild West. It's going to be the Wild West. It's going to be a horrible situation. People are going to get hurt. Don't you understand? This is a, this, this Supreme Court decision is awful. It's going to lead to all sorts. And then you go, oh, wait a second. A, uh, a 20, was it she 20 years old? A young mother was shot execution style. Hey, yeah, she's 20 years old. Fox News, the shooting on New York City's Upper East Side, not exactly a poor neighborhood, on Wednesday night has left a 20-year-old woman dead. The shooting happened on East 95th Street and Lexington Avenue in Manhattan when the woman was pushing a three-month-old baby in a stroller around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sun still up, young, young woman pushing a baby in a stroller. Somebody walks up and shoots her in the head. This is not a result of the Supreme Court decision because the state hasn't changed a damn thing regarding that. The victim was taken to the hospital and pronounced that an hour later. NYPD said, blah, blah. The woman was shot by an unknown suspect at very close range. The commissioner said the suspect, described as a man wearing a black hooded sweatshirt and sweatpants, ran away eastbound on 95th after the shooting uh, after shooting the woman once in the head no arrest has been made that's all you got just as an aside here can we talk about how problematic news reporting has become when it comes to crime that that's the description the commissioner said uh, the suspect described as a man wearing a black hooded sweatshirt and sweatpants that's it. Black hooded sweatshirt and sweatpants. Is there any other identifying marks? Any height issues? Any, uh, I don't know, skin color? Anything that might narrow the, the field away from everybody with a penis? Because if you want to catch somebody 
who committed a murder, putting out an APB on be on the lookout for anybody with a penis is probably not a particularly uh, helpful thing. It's not, I don't know if it's known or not. Maybe it isn't known. But it, there was another, there was a girl, 21-year-old woman, Jaylene, Jaylene Holton in Philadelphia. I saw this story last night on Twitter, the UK Daily Mail. The uncle of a young woman shot dead in a Philadelphia bar after a man got upset that the pool table was occupied, said the city has become the Wild West. James Holton shared the frustration at the reckless shooting in Philly after his niece, Jaylene Holton, who had just recently turned 21, was shot in a Philly bar and grill on Tuesday night. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Now, apparently, according to the reports, uh, I went to Fox 29 in Philadelphia. They, uh, the guy wanted the pool tables. The pool tables were being used. It was at a Top Golf, I think. And so he went out, and then he just shot up the building and then left. Got away. And I thought, I read this whole UK Daily Mail story. There's lots of pictures because the girl is a, is a cute young girl. And so they went through her Instagram account and they got all, all the pictures of every one of her in a dress and blah, blah, blah. Because it's clickbait. How sad is it that this 21-year-old murder victim, her life has been reduced to clickbait in the UK Daily Mail. But nowhere in this does it describe what the uh, shooter looked like in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I had to Google her name. And I had to go through three stories to find a description. I was just curious. When they don't mention it, why don't they mention it? So you go to the, the Fox story, the Fox News story. A 21-year-old Philadelphia woman has died after she was shot during an altercation outside a bar on Tuesday evening. Jaylene Holton, who was at the bar with friends, was fatally shot in the head after an unidentified suspect opened fire in the Philly, blah, blah, blah. And you're sitting there going, okay, then there's a quote from the uncle. It seems to be mostly a news aggregation. Holton said Jaylene had been at the bar only about 15 minutes before the shooting. Police responded to reports of shooting Tuesday around 11.40 p.m. outside the Philly Bar and Grill. I guess it wasn't a Topgolf, which is situated in a strip mall. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Transport, you're, we're getting pretty far down in the story. And then here we go. Oh, officers in the 8th District recovered a weapon from the scene but not, did not make any arrest. The suspect is a black male, but police did not share any further information. Why not? Do you want to catch this guy or not? The black male. Okay, that's just as bad as... He's got a hooded sweatshirt on and sweatpants. Okay, that narrows it down to everybody at one point or another. He's a black male. Okay, that narrows it down, but not in any helpful way, shape, or form. Nobody noticed any... If this guy was mad and they were able to notice that this guy... There's no witness, nothing. And then you realize, oh, wait... The media doesn't want to report that stuff anymore because they it makes people feel bad and the left has decided that accurately reporting on the descriptions of criminals, and you'll find this in the New York Times, you'll find this everywhere, accurately reporting on the descriptions of criminals, while not only profoundly helpful in trying to apprehend them, crucial, vital, necessary, 
is racist. They've declared this to be racist. So they don't. They just go, yeah, the suspect is a male human. Maybe uh, maybe a giraffe. We don't know. We're, we're, not, we're not judgy. You're sitting there and you're going, how does anybody ever plan on... How do you ever plan on catching anybody? And then you realize these prosecutors, they, these cities, these Democrats, they don't really want to catch anybody. If they catch somebody, they might be forced to prosecute them. And if they're forced to prosecute them and they murdered somebody... There's a good chance that somebody's going to go to jail. And what does the left do constantly? What do they whine about constantly? We have too many people in jail. Far too many people in jail. Well, no, actually, apparently, we don't have enough people in jail. If there are people running around shooting random people on the streets, because what? Because of why? Well, the pool table was occupied for too long, or whatever reason this guy decided to execute this girl walking the baby down the street. Whatever. If we... Those people deserve to be in jail. I highly doubt that whoever this guy is who killed this woman in Philadelphia, that this was his first rodeo. I just doubt it. You know, I've led a law-abiding life. I, I am murdered anyway. I am, you know, done violence, a senseless violence. But you know what? I really wanted to shoot some nine ball. And so now I'm going to murder somebody. That isn't how it works. I suspect heavily that when this person is arrested, and the same in New York, when these people are arrested, because in New York, you know, you're not just sitting there going, oh, it's a beautiful day, it's a lovely day, there's a nice breeze coming through the canyons of the buildings and everything, but you know what? That woman over there pushing that baby carriage, I bet she'd look even better if I put a bullet in her head. I don't think that thought occurs to to normal people. So when they're arrested, if they're ever arrested, because with descriptions of a human being is wanted in connection with it, probably not a real good chance of, especially in New York, they've got surveillance everywhere. You can't tell me that this dude isn't on uh, on footage somewhere. They catch this person, it won't be. Why? They were uh, just an accountant minding their own business. They were... Uh, a family man who never did nothing to nobody and then suddenly just decided to murder a random woman. I don't think that's going to be the case. So with all that in mind and all that going on, Governor Kathy Hochul, she was uh, questioned because she's pushing this, all these gun controls. She's up for re-election. If you go to New York, first of all, I don't recommend you go to New York. New York is an awful place. If you're going to New York for something specifically, then you're probably fine. If you're going to New York for, like, oh, let's go spend a couple of days in New York, it'll be fun. Eh, it's just a waste. Um, she's pushing everything under the sun. The television is inundated with ads from Kathy Hochul talking about how she's getting tough on guns. She's raised this, the age limit from 18 to 21. That's not going to stand up in court, but she doesn't care. She's up there whining about what the Supreme Court did, allowing New Yorkers to defend themselves, or at least have the prospect, the possibility of defending themselves, something that Democrats don't particularly appreciate. And she was asked a basic question. All these things, because she's really, she's in a Democrat primary right now. She is uh, running to the left, running to the left. She's, or, well, she's running now. She's running to the left on guns because that's what flies in New York. 
See, that's the basic question. Anything you're proposing going to make a difference? Anything you're proposing going to going to do anything? Going to help anything? Going to improve anything? You got any proof that what you're proposing will make a difference? And Kathy Hochul, she's you know lieutenant governor. She was a a coattail rider. She wasn't supposed to be up there. She was never supposed to be in this position, and you can tell she's not ready for it because her answer leaves a lot to be desired. Listen to it for yourself. Do you have the numbers to show that it's the concealed carry permit holders that are committing crimes? Because the lawful gun owner will say that you're attacking the wrong person. It's really people that are getting these guns illegally that are causing the violence, not the people going and getting the permit legally. And that's the basis for the whole Supreme Court argument. Do you have the numbers? I don't need to have numbers. I don't need, I don't have to have a data point to point to to say that this is going to matter. All I know is I have a responsibility to the people of this state to have sensible gun safety laws. Numbers? We don't need no stinking numbers. <laughs> I don't have any numbers. Look, I don't, it's not the law-abiding citizen. The guy who walked up behind that girl and uh, murdered her in cold blood was not, you know, well, his only run-in with police to that point was uh, a jaywalking citation or a jaywalking admonition. It wasn't even a citation. They just said, you shouldn't do that. I guarantee you, whenever they catch that person, that will not be the case. Same in Philadelphia. There are very, very, very few people who are responsible and are violent and have murder in them. They all have run-ins with the law. You don't just go, ah, let's kill today. Never done it before. I've been on the right side of the law, but I feel like a good killing coming on. You work your way up to it. And these prosecutors will have had multiple opportunities to put these monsters in jail. And they've passed on every single one of them. Out of laziness, out of politics, whatever it is, there is no good excuse. People are dead because of liberal prosecutors' decisions. People are dead because of it. Just like people are dead. 53, I think, is the body count now in that uh, semi-truck down in, in San Antonio. The migrants, the illegal aliens, the human smugglers. The Biden administration. Come one, come all. Just get up here. Come on. All you got to do really do is get into the country and you're fine. They're encouraging people and people are getting frustrated. because You can't get through the border because there's so many people up there. So they pay the smugglers because they made, they made 1,999 miles of the 2,000-mile journey. What are they going to do? Stop? should prevent them from coming in the, in the first place, discourage them from leaving their homes in the first place, and you would save lives. But Democrats don't really want to save lives. 53 people. Bah! 53. Yeah, it's the worst incident of its type in this country's history. But on the other hand, it's only 53 people out of 8 billion people on the planet. Hell, Democrats, progressives, leftists were responsible for 100 million dead in the last century. 53 is nothing. You think they give a damn about that? They cheered and celebrated and now are crying over not being able to add as quickly to the count of abortions in this country. Tens of millions of them.
<laughs> going, no. Yeah, well, you think 53 lives care? They didn't care even when it was personal. They said, well, it's 53. It's too, it can't personalize. Kate Steinle was murdered by an illegal alien. Not a single Democrat gave a damn about that. They're not going to give a damn about anything. They don't care. Human life, individuals are expendable to the left in every possible way. And since we're uh, talking about a lot of left-wing freakouts and things of that nature, say we'll go to Australia in a bit. I, just, I, I love this Australia stuff. I want to play you this other media. It's a day of Media Research Center. The Media Research Center is awesome. Media Research Center uh, compilations. We are still in a post-row. You know, I got to be honest with you. Have you noticed how the outrage at Roe being overturned has almost seemingly gone away? Everywhere except cable news. Cable news is obsessed with it. The the demo of cable news, the viewers of Morning Joe and Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow and all that. They, uh, they are obsessed with this. They live for abortion. So they're going to... They, they also think that their audience is obsessed with it. So they're going to stick with it. I think that the fact that... I don't think the audience cares anymore. I don't... And it wouldn't be the first time that there's this massive disconnect between the, the talking heads on cable news and the average viewer of theirs. But I'm just getting this sense, as you see, and I watch the news, you see the, the protests, and even when they do cover the actual news, not the, the talking head shows, when they do get to the point where they're talking about the protests and people going, it's always, it's footage from last week. It's footage from the weekend. Now, maybe this weekend things will be different, but it's a holiday weekend. I can't imagine anybody really going, you know what, I want to do this 4th of July. Let's go take... It's going to be hot as hell here. Let's go to Washington, D.C. Because I, I haven't protested in a sauna in a while. Let's go do... Give me more humidity. I don't think that's going to happen. So the idea that this was going to be a watershed moment in anywhere but liberal states, I think has been proven to be false. And I'm a little surprised by it. I don't think... Look, the people who are motivated by this are motivated by this. And I don't doubt that when the fundraising numbers come out, the Democrats will have raised a bunch of money off of this. But it's not about what you raise in the immediate aftermath of something that motivates your base. It's about how much you raise and what you get out of it a month later, two months later. Later, We're still several months away from the election. The immediate shock and anger or whatever is easy. That just happens. To carry that on is something different entirely. And whether or not it can be t- carried on is because, you know, you sit there and you go, let's go to a pro-abortion rally. Come on, everybody pile in my car. And then you go fill up your tank and it's a hundred bucks. And you're like... Uh, can any, somebody else drive? Anybody else willing to drive? Maybe, I don't Or everybody, yeah, we're going to go downtown. It's going to be great. Okay, could you swing by and pick me up? Why? You, 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 well, just I don't want to drive down there. 
I don't want to drive down there because gas is too expensive. And there's a fairly decent chance that the mob of people we're going to join or would, you know, flip my car over and set it on fire. So I don't want to drive. You drive down. Well, I don't want my car flipped over either, but the only way to get down there is to drive. And it's really expensive to drive, and you're kind of out of the way. If I have to go pick you up, it's going to cost me. Will we split the gas on this? It suddenly becomes this big thing. And you can see how it uh, deflates the tire pretty quickly, pretty easily. <laughs> hey, uh, all right, well, we could go out, we'll go down there early, we'll have a, grab a, a nice lunch, and then we'll go to the, the riot slash protest. Like, well, I, once we get down there, all the gas is going to be, it's going to make me paying for, uh, for lunch a little tough because lunch prices, food prices are up everywhere. Um, so if I if I drive, can you buy me lunch? No, I don't want to do that. And it just becomes this complete mess of people going, well, you know what, we can just sit at home and uh, tweet about it. And then you sit at home and you tweet about it and you go, it's hot in here. I can't turn on the air conditioning. This is a mess. And it all just falls apart. The momentum is gone. At least that's what I've noticed. Is There, there are still the true believers out there, but it is not what I thought it would be. I can't imagine the 4th of July weekend going, you know, I look at there are a lot of leftists. Most leftists hate their family, so they'd go, I don't want to be with my family. I'll go to a riot instead. The family's going, oh, thank God, Billy's gone to a riot instead of coming over for the barbecue, too. It's a two-way street there of contempt. But I don't think there are that many Billies out there. I think that this thing is... Uh, I think the... I think the left-wing leak of the decision two months ahead of time took this the air out of the sails for Democrats. I think that they were hoping to change some minds with that leak, and all they really did was codify minds and go, well, if I was inclined to change my mind, I can't change it now because that would be letting the leaker win. So we just have to go with this. It's kind of funny. But again, that doesn't stop the left-wing media from having their absolute freakout over this and what it means and the bigger ramifications of it. So what you're going to hear is a media compilation put together by the Media Research Center of left-wingers and some pseudo-conservatives. You'll hear a chunk of Essie Cup in there. She's got that voice. She probably fakes. Talking about how all the... I don't know how the Republican Party survives. They're so negative against women. Like, oh, you're... You're a conservative and you're you're a pro-life conservative, but somehow this is uh, against... So you were against women before, huh? That's weird. Um, they really are freaking out. And what they really want is to inspire violence. You, what you're going to hear is people who recognize what I just said, I think. Who are desperate to try and stave off what I just said, I believe, is happening here. They want to keep the crowd riled up. They need to keep the crowd riled up. That's their base. If you peak, you know, how many teams that are in first place at the All-Star break end up winning the World Series? Not many. Sometimes. But not many. Because, you know, teams go through hot streaks and cold streaks. You want to, the, the key, the secret is to peak at the right moment. And if the left has blown their wad already, deflated their own tires, I don't know how they do that. So this is uh, terrifying and funny at the same time. There are no more black robes. 
I think the robes are red and blue. There really is a, a, a lot of people who believe this is a rigged court. A legal earthquake. The court stripping women of that fundamental right. Abortion is now a matter for the states and Congress rather than between a woman and her doctor. Let's not mince words. Women will die because of this ruling. 48% of the women now live in red states. So you're talking about the fact that those state legislatures, at least according to the Supreme Court, the women in those states are their property and they can do whatever they want. It's hard to imagine the Republican Party surviving this. Between anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ, book banning, anti-democracy, I mean, add all the regressive bull uh, garbage, sorry, to this, I don't take that back. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Gilead. Uh, I mean, the cross connection. Four men who will never bear children and one handmaiden decided for an entire country that their Christian doctrine is the only way. In America, where guns are the leading cause of death for children, an AR-15 has more rights than a woman does. This decision was intended to throw scalding acid into the face of people who feel strongly about abortion rights. This is not a Supreme Court trying to heal. This is a Supreme Court of a radical majority. The Democratic Party is the world's last best hope against fascism, against an extreme autocratic anti-woman, anti-gay, anti-contraception, anti-freedom collection of fascists, fascists who have contempt for what 70% of Americans believe about Roe v. Wade. And for all the Democratic Party's flaws, they're the only party that can stem this continued rise of fascism. Mika is so upset you think that her abortion this weekend was canceled. Sorry, Mika, we're not going to be... What? No, this is fascism. I don't want to have Joe's kid. Have you seen what he looks like? That baby will wear glasses like that. Ugh. Ugh. I love uh, Tiffany Crosser. Welcome to Gilead. She's such a horrible uh, TV host. That's just from a stylistic standpoint. Oh, it's, it's horrible. Welcome to Gilead. I'm this, I'm that, I'm kidding. You're not, that's not funny. That's stupid. We're all handmaids. Can, you, can we take up a collection so these leftists can, I don't know, get some better writers? Is that, uh, is that too much to ask? We need to really come up with some money to get them to go, Hey, uh, let's get you a new chant. We'll, we'll pay somebody to write, because, hey, hey, ho, ho, whatever, whatever has got to go. It's got to go, okay? We'll, come, we'll pay 20 bucks to some granola-crunching hippie homeless dude sitting there with, I love the homeless dude at the corner who can afford cigarettes. Can't afford a meal, but can afford 10 bucks for a pack of smokes? Uh, I don't know. We can pay that dude to uh, write you a new chant. If you promise to use it, will you do that? And Tiffany Cross out there, there's a decided by four men who will never bear children. Tiffany Cross is, uh, I believe she's approaching her mid-40s. Mid-40s, not married, no children. Uh, she's about to cross that threshold. Now, the left has told us what? Men can have children, and men have children all the time. Well, there's a man giving birth right now, Okay. Uh, if it is men will never bear children, can't weigh in on this. No man will ever bear children. 
Well, but trans men do. And trans men are men. Well, then men can have kids. And why do you know? How do you know that the men on the Supreme Court won't be able to bear children? But Tiffany, you're about to cross that threshold into the change where you're not going to be able to bear children anytime soon. And I've got my fingers crossed that you don't actually bear children before that happens to spare the world your DNA going forward. But does that mean if you don't have a kid, you can't say anything on this? She can't bear children. Kamala Harris has never born children. Kamala Harris is uh, can't bear children. She's missed the boat on that. Although, what you know, Willie Brown, she was doing for Willie. There's no risk of getting pregnant that way. Should she have a say on this? What's the standard? New York Times ran a piece last week going, oh, here are the men's abortion stories about how wonderful abortion is for men. All right, well, is it, are they allowed, are you allowed to have an opinion on abortion if it's in line with the Democratic Party? I just, I want to know what the rules are. Mika, you're, you've passed the change. I don't think you get to say anything anymore. You had children, but do your children like you? That should be a prerequisite, too. You've reproduced. But uh, are they changing their name away from Brzezinski because they don't want to go, hey, are you related to that uh, airhead on MSNBC? Just, it amuses me. It amuses me. We have another Supreme Court decision today. More freedom. And this has got to terrify the left. It's got to terrify the left. Los Angeles Times. The Supreme Court ruled Thursday for the major coal-producing states and sharply limited the Biden administration's authority to restrict the carbon pollution that is causing global warming. That's a news story, not an opinion piece. Carbon pollution and causing global warming. They have no proof. They just call carbon dioxide pollution. What you exhale is you're now a walking smokestack to the Democratic Party. The justices agreed with lawyers for West Virginia and said that Congress did not give environmental regulators broad authority to reshape the system for producing electric power by switching from coal to natural gas, wind turbines, and solar energy. The court split six to three. What are you going to do? And uh, West Virginia versus EPA. Now the left will go, all those right-wingers. Those right-wingers, they are just lockstep. They never point out that the left-wingers are in lockstep. Hmm? Writing for the majority, Chief Justice Roberts said Congress and not the EPA has the authority to make decisions on fighting climate change. Quote, capping carbon dioxide emissions at, that, at a level that will force a nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be a sensible solution to the crisis of the day, but it is not plausible that Congress gave EPA the authority to adopt on, to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme. A decision of such magnitude and consequence rests with Congress itself or an agency acting pursuant to a clear delegation from that representative body. What a novel idea. Of course, the three liberals on the court quote today, the court strips the Environmental Protection Agency of the power Congress gave it to respond to the most pressing environmental challenge of our time. The issue doesn't matter. It could be an insignificant issue that Congress 
has written a, bra- a broad law where the EPA just says, you know what, we got this power. We've declared we have this power. We'll talk about fascism, Mika. We've declared we have this power to regulate anything we want in any way we want. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's insignificant or you think it's significant. It is the concept. Is it constitutional? This is why every liberal needs to be removed from the Supreme Court. This is the way they view it. It's like a super election of just these people. The super election of the Georgetown cocktail set card. Well, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you? This is an outrage. Even if, even if you buy into and you believe, and even if it's all true, it's not, but even playing devil's advocate, if everything they say about climate change is true, and the EPA just decided, all right, the planet is coming to an end, all life on Earth is coming to an end if we don't act, if they don't have the constitutional authority to act, given to them by Congress through legislation, not just vague things that they just say, well, if you... We believe this gives us the power. If it is not done constitutionally, it should be overturned. Oh, my God, Derek, you're saying that it'll cost all... Yeah, well, the Constitution have to... The Constitution isn't a suicide pact. No, but it's also... uh, We need Congress... If you think something is so important, run on it, get elected on it, and get Congress to act. There's a whole bunch of politicians on both sides of the aisle who believe all this crap. Who are scared to death to vote. They don't want to vote on it. They just let the EPA do it. That's why they write vague language laws so that uh, they can go, hey, man, we can uh, we'll let them do it. So I don't have to take the political heat. Well, you're not uh, if you can't stand the heat, get the hell out of Congress. Now I want to shift gears to down under. Right, let's go down under. See what's going on down there, eh? It's been a while since Australia has inflicted itself on our popular culture, hasn't it? Not, I mean, in any kind of significant way. They, the last attempt I can... Well, Hugh Jackman, I guess, worked. We'll take Hugh Jackman. Usually they sound like a Paul Hogan or a, a uh, Yahoo Serious. And, uh, you know, we'll take a we'll take a Hugh Jackman, but there hasn't even really been a movie set in Australia in a while. Hmm. Seems like we're due. But actually, if there were a movie set in Australia, based in Australia, made by Australians, I fear it'd end up being pretty stupid. There's some decent Australians down there, some liberty-minded Australians, but not too many. Not too many. Not in the way we think of it. So I can only imagine the sort of woke garbage like a transitioning kangaroo or something cartoon will probably come out of Australia soon. There is somebody. <laughs> you sit there and you go, what, where do they come up with these jobs? And you think government, government, is, government wastes money everywhere. Under every circumstance, it is pathetic. It doesn't matter what side of the pond they're on. It doesn't matter. If it is a progressive liberal government, it will waste money. Actually, even even conservative governments will waste money. You've got to find a way to uh, just not need government, keep government as small as humanly possible. There's a woman named Christine Clark, and Clark is spelled with an E, so you know it's classy. When you type it, you have to put your pinky out, so it has an E at the end of it. She is the Australian ambassador for women and girls. She lists herself as she advocates for gender equality and the human rights of women and girls. 
which is part of the uh, Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade down there in Australia. And um, she put out a video. I don't know why. Maybe it was some sort of stupid day. Maybe it's the human, uh, I think it might be the human, is that the human rights campaign? 50th anniversary. And now the Human Rights Council of the United Nations, of course, had to be something even more worthless than the Human Rights Campaign. The Human Rights Council, at the, which I believe is now headed by Syria or Iran or North Korea or something like that. Whatever it is, yeah, I'll let you know about the UN. So this woman, Christine Clark with an E, pinky out, decided that the world needed to know her thoughts. And so she put this out. This is the video that accompanies this tweet. Quote, the consequences of climate change can exacerbate the risk of sexual and gender-based violence. Huh? She wasn't done. Especially in the liberals, the left, the progressive. They love that especially bit. Don't they? God, they love that especially bit. Especially those facing intersecting forms of discrimination, including indigenous women and girls. Now, if you're talking about women facing something, you covered all women, right? Does it really need... Women are really facing a tough time, especially trans women, especially indigenous women. But what do you mean especially? They're either facing tough times or they're not. Women are facing tough times or women are not facing tough times. It doesn't really matter. Anything else doesn't matter. They're facing tough times, right? That's the statement, especially... Are they facing especially tough times? Now, how the hell does climate change exacerbate sexual and gender-based violence? And why does it particularly set off, presumably, indigenous men and boys? They don't ever say. They just make this stuff up. They, they're free to make this stuff up, and they get, just go, yeah, you know what? This sound, Which group do we want to pander to? Indigenous? All right, well, we'll segregate. Every woman has got a rough go of it, especially indigenous women and girls. Not thinking that, you know, most people, uh, in most indigenous women and girls, I would say, are dating or married to indigenous men and boys. And so what you're really saying is, boy, hot weather turns indigenous men and boys into just wildly abusive D-bags. That's what ultimately what they're saying, isn't it? it, it, it don't take, let's just listen to this woman try to make it. We got quite a few cuts here. We thank the panelists for their insights. As we confront the climate crisis, women and girls, human rights, must be at the center of our collective efforts. Climate change and its consequences can exacerbate the risk of sexual and gender-based violence. This risk is most acute for women and girls facing multiple and intersecting forms of discrimination and inequality, including Indigenous women and girls. Now you're sitting there and you're going, what? How? How? She doesn't explain how. Interse- they love this intersection. That is the flow chart. That is the slide rule. The hierarchy of victimhood on the left oh no well yeah you're a woman but that's you're a straight woman so all you really the only check you get is you're a straight white woman so uh, you got one check that you're but you you're a gay latinx 
woman who's non-binary. You here's a whole bag of of victim chits. You go ahead. Here's your chit. You check that. But you get check. You get your own piece. You get a whole new piece of paper. You check so many boxes. That's how liberalism works. So you're sitting there and you're going, we don't have to. Ex- Let's just say that especially uh, intersecting forms of discrimination, including indigenous women and girls. Including, not exclusively, just including. And you go, well, wait a second. That means that there are other intersecting groups of people who are facing forms of discrimination, right? Why don't they get a shout-out? Well, because we're in Australia. If you're trying to pander to people, a minority group, the largest minority group to pander to is the indigenous crowd, right? So you got to pander to this. They don't really give a damn about this. They're just going, who do we have to pander to? Especially left-handed, left-handed women. Is that left-handed women and girls? They're facing the most hard. If that was a voting block that was big enough to make a difference in Australia or anywhere, they'd be like, "Oh, you know what? Let me tell you about how the rainstorms and heat really cause uh, left-handed women and girls to get uh, the hell beat out of them by the men in their lives." That's that would be the case. That would be the video that they make course like i say she wasn't done australia is committed to achieving gender equality and eliminating sexual and gender-based violence including during emergencies <laughs> As if there are there other countries like we're committed to ending brutality and, ge- and violence and sexual violence unless it's raining unless it's raining or uh thunderstorming if there's a threat of a hurricane if there's like a drought or then it's game on go ahead once that's if there's a weather related event we're not interested in these sorts of crimes but only if it gets to be like 72 with a nice breeze coming out of the northeast or northwest then we get serious about the brutality against women and girls but only then Otherwise, it's game. In the snow, don't even get us started about the snow. You're on your own, ladies. Buy a gun. You're on your own when it comes to snow. What? Who needs to hear this speech? Who are the... I don't know. I've never been to Australia. But are, uh, are Australians particularly vicious? Like, is it suddenly like the purge? Oh, man, there's a storm rolling in. Ladies, everybody, every lady, grab your daughters and get to the shelter. Get to the shelter down there. Ride this out. Don't worry. We'll let you know when the weather clears. And don't open the door no matter what. There will be a lot of men out there promising that they'll be super nice if you let. Don't let them in. Go to your nuclear bomb shelter and lock the door and make sure that you do not let a man in until you see the sun come out again or you get the all clear from your government representatives. Maybe, you know, being on the bottom half of the planet, it rains up or the toilets go in the other room, whatever the problem is. Or maybe it is that they made Yahoo serious a thing and that has just driven all men collectively crazy. That would kind of make sense, actually. So then she, she like I say, Chris, Christine Clark, pinky out, extra E at the end of Clark. Uh, she's wearing like a giant, pro, she's wearing like a Sergeant Pepper outfit in the video, too. And she's got... A wisp of pink hair. It's not red. It's pink. And it's down by the ear. It's it's clearly fake. It's like spray painted in there. It's something that I would do for my daughters. 
It's not something that a woman uh, marching on into her 60s, I assume. I don't know. I don't, you know, let's, let's look at that because I suspect it's going to be one of those things where, no, 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 she's only 47 years old. And you're like, holy crap, how did that happen? But uh, she looks up there, she up there, and I don't have her. She's not important enough to have her own Wikipedia page with her age. Let's see. 61. All right, so she's marching in on, well, maybe not. It might be a different person because there's a Christine Clark who is a Canadian rower, apparently. Whatever. The world will just have to deal without knowing. She's currently inflicting herself on Australia, so... She's out there trying to save women and girls, especially Aboriginal women and girls, from horribly abusive men who get upset when the weather turns or something like that. Australia is providing funding to train disaster responders to identify and support women and girls experiencing family and domestic violence during and after natural disasters. I mean, it really, during and after natural disasters, we're going to make, we're going to comb, forget, you know, trying to get your house off of you, forget trying to make sure that any, that you're alive or what, no, no, we're going to run out there and sp- send other people the, uh, I don't know, information, we're going to have a special branch of government to make sure that nobody is uh, being beaten because of the weather, women in particular. We won't help men. We'll ignore men. It's okay. We'll ignore men. (laughs) Good God. Ah, But of course, like the weather, it wasn't done. We stand with Pacific women and girls in responding to the climate crisis, including by providing negotiator training to support women delegates from Pacific Island countries to represent their countries in international climate change meetings. <laughs> How's that? Oh, no, we're going to... Okay, we need to get women's voices in climate change. How about we just get people who know what the hell they're talking about? I recognize that that is... Uh, not allowed anymore, but somehow you're going to sit there and go, this is different, better, we're going to get more women to represent the... Well, what about men? Do men not deserve... Is is climate change going to impact men, too? Sounds like it turns us into monsters, violent monsters. Maybe we should get to the bottom of that, you know? Maybe some, some government grants trying to figure out what in the hell it is that causes men to snap. And go on violent attacks against women simply because there's a weather event. I mean, because if you really want to help women and girls, getting men to stop going absolutely insane to turn into wilding teenagers during a rainstorm might be a good way to go about that. Just saying. Just saying. And then they wrap it up this way. Women and girls in all their diversity must be able to live their lives free of violence. Realising women's and girls' human rights is an important part of securing the future of our planet and a better future for us all. Australia would welcome the panellists' views on good practices addressing violence against women and girls in the context of climate change and the Women, Peace and Security Agenda. We don't want to know about it, not in the context of climate change. Keep that to yourself. We don't. If you were abused, 
because somebody was drunk, nobody wants to hear it. If you're whatever it is, we don't unless it was because of climate change. Then we're all ears. Really, this is the world that we live in. This is the world that, and you say, well, this is Australia. She's an ambassador. She's talking to the UN. This is everywhere. Stupidity spreads like a cold on a plane, and there is nothing as stupid as the progressive movement and the progressive mindset. That is, you know, this, this could be Hillary Clinton. This could be Kamala Harris. This could be AOC. It just comes with an Australian accent instead of whatever fake accent those three are are making up at a moment, depending on who they're trying to pander to. You imagine this is this is their mentality. Well, we're not getting enough people interested in climate change. What are we going to do? I got it. Let's say that uh, let's pretend that there's a hell of a storm and it's coming in and men just decide, you know what? I'm going to go. I don't like this rain. I'm not a big fan of snow. I'm going to beat the hell out of the wife for no good reason then because of the weather. Like, really? This is the way they, they view us. And you wonder why so many people despise the left. That this is how they view people. You're either a dainty, delicate little victim, victim in training, victim soon to be victim, whatever it is, or you're a wild abuser. You're a Tasmanian devil in your own home, a threat to yourself and everybody around you. God, I don't know how these people live with themselves. I don't know how these people do these jobs. I mean, I I guess I do know, actually. They pay really well. That's how people do these jobs. (laughs) That's how people do these jobs. Uh, Lastly, I want to play you this clip from uh, Pfizer vice president. Her name is Kenna Swanson. K-E-N-A. Kenna, Kena, however you pronounce it, I don't care. She was taking part in a video chat conference with the Food and Drug Administration. This isn't just some random thing. She said this to the Food and Drug Administration. You would think it would register with people inside the government about the COVID vaccines. She was asked if there's any you know, protection against COVID. If there's any evidence, do you find any evidence of protection from the shot against COVID? And she's pretty unambiguous. She said, no, there is no correlation. There's nothing. There's no correlate protection. It, all it does, the guy in the question says, all it really does is it causes your body to produce antibodies. It doesn't protect you from getting it. It doesn't necessarily make you have a good one. And just This should be news. It's not news. And then can you repeat the, the second question? I mean, obviously you have a lot of data now. What is your relative protection is. Everybody's measuring antibodies. They're probably relevant, but as we know... That's a long question. We need a quick answer. (laughs) I would say there is no established correlate of protection. Thank you. That was a quick answer. There is no established correlate of protection. What in the hell is the point of the vaccines? Why are you calling them vaccines? You can say that they are... um, maybe immune boosters a little bit. They cause antibody development, but that's it. There's no correlate benefit. None. But make sure you get your shot, ladies and gentlemen. Get your shot. All right, that is all the time we have for today. Appreciate the hell out of you listening for this week. We will be back tonight at midnight with the Week in Effing Review at patreon.com slash Podcast or at derekhunter.locals.com. 
a good time is almost guaranteed for all. I can't promise it, but I'm promising it. You'll you'll like it, especially after this week. My God, what is wrong with these people? How did these people get get into any position of authority? I wouldn't appoint them assistant manager of a subway shop, let alone anywhere in government. We really need to rethink who we're sending to. It is not the best and the brightest. Anyway, have a glorious, glorious Independence Weekend, even though Independence Day is Monday, and we'll have a show here on Monday for Independence Day. Thank you for listening. Hopefully see you tonight at midnight.